This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by TaylorMade and the TP5 and 5X. Try it. What's the best that can happen? Learn more at TaylorMadeGolf.ca. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Good morning, Canada. Welcome inside GTC. The whole gang is here this morning. Adam Scully, Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks, all in different locations. Mark, tell us where you are in the world right now. Uh, it's, it's my last morning in the media hotel here for the Worldwide Technology Championship. So uh, I'm just staring out the window uh, at Cabo. And uh, gonna uh, once the show's done, gonna pack up the room and, and hit the road. And I was just telling you boys uh, just before we went live, I'm a little excited because I'm only two hours behind you guys now. When I left to come down here, I was three hours. But when you moved your clock, they didn't here. So I'm only two hours behind you now. And I gotta say, for old guys like me, Sunday night football is way more fun when we're only two, we're two hours behind the East Coast. Because it ends at a decent time. It doesn't, it doesn't end. And I needed the Bengals last night, guys, by two and a half. I had the Steelers by two and a half Thursday night. The Eagles by two and a half over the, over the Cowboys. And then the Bengals by two and a half. This is the long play. Thursday, Sunday afternoon, Sunday night. That is a long three-game parlay. It came home. It came home big time last night. So I'm in a good mood this morning. Well, lots of close calls there, too, especially that Cowboys-Eagles game. That thing went down to the wire. Bob, when you look out the window where you are right now, are you seeing beautiful trees and and sunshine like Mark definitely is? (laughs) I'm seeing trees, but they're devoid of leaves. It's kind of gray. And uh, I didn't have as much sunshine yesterday morning, but uh, we had fun. We uh, we ran the uh, uh, Hamilton Half Marathon yesterday morning and tried to chase down our good pal Brian Decker from TPC Osprey Valley, who is, uh, I couldn't get, I couldn't, he's too fast for me, but I uh, had a nice day down there. It was a beautiful day. I think some people were playing golf. Did you play golf on the weekend, Adam? I did. I was out there on Saturday. I had probably the, the last time uh, for me on Canadian soil in 2023, but 12 degrees and very minimal wind. So it was a borderline, maybe could have wore shorts ordeal. I definitely did not wear shorts. Now, before we go to news and headlines, I'll always like to ask you, Bob, uh, how is the body feeling post-running? Are you very sore? Uh, No, I'm not too bad today. A little stiff in the legs. I mean, it was, uh, again, it was a perfect day for a run. I had shorts on as well, down by the Hamilton Beach. That's where we ran, uh, sort of basically underneath the uh, skyline, the Skyway Bridge. But anyway, it was good. No, it was good. Not too bad. Good recovery. Should be set to go for the rest of the week. Right, two quick things before we jump into the show here, gentlemen. Angry Mike turned 80 over the weekend. Wow. My dad. 80th birthday, so a happy, happy uh, uh, birthday to my dad. And Mrs. Golf Talk Canada and I celebrated our anniversary yesterday as well. And who? what, what a nicer gift to give the wife than to drive my golf cart around a dusty, hot golf course for her anniversary. Do I know how to treat a woman or not? 
Wow. Okay. That'll be our next segment uh, during our win our winter months uh, with Mark, how to treat people. Anyway, uh, Bob, you mentioned you're not very sore. I am a little sore because I am now back on my winter fitness routine, including oh, oh, deadlifts. Wow. We'll have much more on that throughout the winter because I am borderline in a wheelchair right now. I can barely, <laughs> barely move. Anyway, let's kick things off with some news and some headlines. News and headlines are brought to you by Sandbagger Hard Seltzer. Sandbagger. Everybody knows one. I keep thinking there won't be much news for these November shows, but there was a lot of news that came down in the world of golf throughout the week. And let's kick things off with the Pan Am Games. What a week it was for Canadian Elena Sharp, a bronze medal. Bob, what is the significance behind this? Well, you know, Elena's been a two-time Olympian. She's... Uh, uh, been battling to try and get her status back on the LPGA tour. And when you think of the Pan Am games, you know, I always think, I always sort of mentally think of it as these, this is the games for sort of the, the level before, below what we're going to see, you know, going up. But this, the field in both the men's and the women's for this event was stacked. I mean, it was basically all LPGA tour players. So for Elena to come through and finish in third place with a uh, solid, uh, final round one under was very good. The men's side was equally good. I mean, Abe Anser won the gold. Sebastian Munoz won the silver. And you go down there and you can look at Joaquin Neiman. So a lot of the live players uh, from, from the South America or the Pan-American countries were uh, were involved. And it, uh, it was a pretty impressive performance. And uh, Etienne Papineau from Quebec finished fourth, which is, of course, probably the worst place to finish. Just missed the medals. But uh, really bodes well for his, uh, his career as he starts to make his uh, way as a professional certainly does and what a great finish for canadian elena sharp now some other news uh, tiger woods was spotted walking and this is how this is where the news cycle has gone initially it was you know years ago tiger hitting golf balls I believe it was two years ago tiger hitting a nine iron on the driving range and that lit up social media now what lights up social media tiger woods walking mark thoughts on tiger carrying the bag as the caddy for his son charlie and I mean, who knows? Do we see Tiger playing at the Hero World Challenge later this month? Well, there'll be more of this, too, in, uh, in 3-Dub, Winners Weird and What, today, because Tiger was here earlier uh, this right. week on Tuesday and Wednesday, and there was a lot of celebrity sightings. We'll get into that. But, I mean, I don't know about you guys, and I don't like to get too excited about this kind of stuff, but apparently that video that we saw was day two of the... The video that really got the traction was day two of the walking and the carrying of the bag. There, he looked like he was walking really normal to me. Like, I didn't notice anything wrong with his stride. There wasn't a limp. He wasn't favoring a side. Um, maybe this is encouraging, guys. Maybe, you know, Stuart Sink uh, said he's practicing, but he doesn't know what he's practicing for. I mean, there's, there's the father-child, right, the PNC. There's the Hero World Challenge. He's got his own tournament coming up at L.A. in February at Genesis. You know, I spoke to a couple guys down here this week. A lot of people think he's going to be in L.A. playing golf on the PGA Tour in February. A lot of people. Now, I don't know if they're just reacting to what's gone viral the last couple of days or if they know something we don't or if they're closer to somebody at the tour that's part of, you know, the tournament committee over there, set up, foundation, whatever. But there is too much buzz for something not to be happening. Bob, for you, when, you, when you're seeing these videos of Tiger walking at what seems to be relatively normally, what are your thoughts? 
Yeah, I'm not, I'm not buying it yet. <laughs> I'll, I'll hold my breath a little bit. The one thing I, I keep going back to is when he had this operation, the last operation on his foot, the podiatrist, the doctor of the, the foot doctor that I spoke to, talked about the fact that um, walking is not an issue with this type of surgery. Like in other words, heel toe, heel toe is not, but inside, outside on your arch. So you know, until I see him go full speed with a driver, I'm not quite sure I'm buying into the fact that he's going to make a big return. But I'm certainly hoping that he does. <laughs> it would certainly be great for everybody. Hey, and quick question for you guys. You know, part of this conversation this week, I got to throw this at you. You know, the Champions Tour has always kind of been, I don't want to use the term like a sideshow, but, but, but it's, it's certainly been parked off to the side. The PGA Tour is the big alpha male in the room. And then the other tours kind of find their place in the world of golf underneath the PGA Tour. And it's not trying to be disrespectful to any other tour, including the LPGA Tour. I'm just talking about eyeballs, interest, money generated. Okay, when Tiger Woods turns 50 and starts playing the Champions Tour, there, there was a lot of conversation this week based after this video in Tiger sightings is that all of a sudden, for the first time ever in history, the Champions Tour might be a real money maker for the PGA Tour all of a sudden overnight. If he can get out there in a golf cart and drive interest on the Champions Tour, we might see a real kind of flip in the interest of where golf is being watched. Uh, television rights. In fact, we even suggested, could we see one day, especially on some marquee Champions Tour events, where we're calling radio for the Champions Tour? Never been done before. But Tiger, that's what he does to the game. Well, it was similar too when a couple of years ago when Phil Mickelson initially was playing on PGA Tour Champions and the buzz that received. And we all remember, remember what Tiger has said uh, at the Masters. He can hit it just fine. Just walking is the issue. We'll see once we actually are able to view some full swing shots from Tiger, the ball speeds, etc. with driver. Let's see where Tiger's game is at here. But the excitement is pretty high and as you guys can imagine our good friend Jeff McDonald and I have exchanged about 42 text messages <laughs> about why we are betting Tiger Woods to win the Masters this coming April. Speaking of Tiger, the TGL League is another uh, hot topic around the world of golf and John Rahm who initially was in TGL then last week withdrew from TGL and there have been a lot of online circulation and rumors about John Rahm and the potential of maybe possibly maybe going to live but probably not who knows uh Bob when you saw uh Rahm withdrawing from TGL what were your thoughts uh two thoughts one is we know that John Rahm is very close with the Mickelsons uh Tim Mickelson was his coach and then his agent so there's definitely that side where you think okay so maybe they've lured him over on the other side of the coin, though, you know, he did, does live in Arizona, and TGL stuff is going to be primarily on the East Coast. So, again, that's a Monday, Tuesday of traveling here back and forth, and so maybe he doesn't want to do that. He's got two young kids. I'm leaning more on the second assessment than the first assessment, so I'm not, not ready to believe yet that, uh, based on his past comments, that John Rahm is going to go anywhere near or live golf. Mark, where are you at with this? I'm exactly the same as Bob. I think it's, and I'm leaning more like an 80-20 to the fact that I'll take him on his word that, you know, John Rahm just thinks it's too much of a commitment. And I think Rahm is, is plays the game of golf for, for the reasons uh, that most of the Europeans play and those players, and I wish the U.S. team at the Ryder Cup played for instead of worrying about money and, and whatnot, played for, 
you know, history and titles. I think Rom's there to w win majors. And I, I, I think it's proven so far, world could change. I, I'm in the camp of unlikely going to change. But as of now, with the exception of Kepka, who somehow manages to do, uh, you know, a lot of good work for himself with four limited shots a year. Everybody else, once you go to live, you become irrelevant. It, it is, it's the island of misfit toys. So if you want to go play golf in the island of misfit toys and take four shots a year, if you're lucky, you get those four, because a lot of them don't even have that anymore. And then take your four shots versus your 30 shots, like if you play on the PG Tour, then so be it. Kepka's figured it out. Okay, but he's the only one. Everybody else it doesn't matter anymore, unfortunately. Uh, and I don't think Rom could live with that. And Rom's a guy, too, who you know cares so much about the history of the game. When he's asked at press conferences, he's able to reel off stats as if he were you know, a paid statistician for the PGA Tour. He knows the history of the game so well. He cares about it so much. So I, I don't think John Rom, to your guys' point, is going anywhere anytime soon. Now, the TGL also released its format in terms of rules. And about an hour ago, as we're live here... They also announced a shot clock, 40 seconds. There's going to be timeouts. A referee's going to be uh, involved too. Mark, what are your thoughts on the TGL? Like, is this something that you are intrigued about? You think it's a little hokey pokey? What do you think? Well, I think, uh, yeah, it's completely hokey pokey for sure. But that doesn't mean it can't be entertaining, right? Like, I was willing to see, I was willing to wait to see if Live Golf was going to be entertaining. And I thought that was completely hokey pokey, right? So I was willing to say just because it's not the masters or the players doesn't mean it can't be entertaining, right? Uh, I love the analogy. I can't remember who said it. Uh, and I apologize because this is not my, uh, this is not my quote, but someone in the world of golf might have been Chambly. I'm not, not too sure. Uh, but you know, you watch movies to be entertained. And you can watch a movie and, and just be entertained by a silly movie and love it. You know, the hangover, you know, you've got great comedies we all love that, that are just pure entertainment and nothing else. But people don't watch sports for that typically. Typically people watch sports because they're invested. Like the, I can't tell you the last time I enjoyed a Leaf playoff game. <laughs> I want them to win and all they do is make me sad and I just keep watching, right? But that's got, it's not entertainment. There, it, there's a different line there between watching a movie or seeing a play or, or your favorite band. I think a band, your favorite band is probably, probably a closer relationship to what sports is for people. So yeah, this can be entertaining. I don't think it can be the other. I don't think it can be, oh, we, you know, we all want the Leafs to win. I think this can be hokey, definitely. But the, and I think, and I'd love your opinion on this, guys. It's almost the more hokey they go, the more different, the more shot clock, referee, da da da. I think it has a better chance of surviving and being entertaining. I don't need it to be golf light. I need it to be super crazy different. Live golf to me is just, you know, a Japanese cartoon version of PGA Tour Lite where I can't understand the scoreboard. It, this is going to be something we've never seen before, and that's why it's got a chance. What do you think, Bob? I, I like Mark's analogy. I think it's. I think if you try to equate this with the PGA Tour week in and week out, then you're not getting it. You know, this is entertainment. This is fun. 
I think they're mixing up some of the rules, which are pretty cool. A three-player alternate shot, I think, is kind of interesting. And I think there's lots of sort of fun, and I think these guys are it's, – it's a little bit between the PGA Tour and a skins game, you know, somewhere in that, in that market. I'm really intrigued to see what this looks like going forward uh, for sure. Okay, before we wrap up, news and headlines. Graham Dillette, our TSN golf analyst, has been named one of the Junior President's Cup captains along with Charlie Hoffman. Bob, how exciting is this, do you think, for Dillette? It's great. I talk, you know, he, he said it was a real kind of an honor for him to be able to do this and to have some fun. And uh, it's a good event. It, you know, it's, uh, it's helping out uh, junior golf. And these are going to be elite junior golfers from all over the international uh, area where they uh, they have come to Montreal, so it'll. Uh, I think it's going to be a good showcase. Well, speaking of the President's Cup, when we come back here on GTC, Eric Van Ruyen, a big victory on the PGA Tour. He hopes to be on that International President's Cup team next year. We'll discuss Van Ruyen's victory, the emotional win it was. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by TaylorMade and the TP5 and 5X. Try it. What's the best that can happen? This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Caddy Time the Uber-like app that allows golfers across Canada to find affordable, qualified caddies to any round. Visit caddytime.com. Download the app or talk to your PGA professional today. Hi, Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully, Mark Schino, Bob Weeks. And we are going to recap the Worldwide Technology Championship, which was held at a golf course designed by... One Tiger Woods and Mark, you were there on location, PGA Tour Radio. Uh, give us your thoughts being there on the ground on what the golf course was. Uh, you know, like uh, it, it's not a, a bad golf course, uh, but it is not a great golf course. And I think we're also a victim of the time of year here, guys. Uh, past Christmas, you get extreme winds on the west side of Cabo, which is the Pacific Ocean side. So when they designed this golf course for member play, resort play, etc., they're trying to keep in mind that there are certain times a year where 25 miles an hour, 30 miles, miles an hour is the regular wind. You know, throughout the month of January, early February, that's what you get. We didn't get a breath of wind this week. And without a breath of wind, and you got fairways this wide, I mean, we've got how many rounds this week where guys went 18 of 18 fairways hit? It was ridiculous. So um, I'm not a huge fan of this golf course. I am a fan of the other golf course on this property, the Dunes Course. Unfortunately, that you just can't move people around that golf course. It, does, it doesn't lend itself to the infrastructure needed for a tour event. I'm sure the tour also wanted Tiger's name attached to this. There's also that job. But at the end of the day, though, did we not get an amazing, exciting finish? We did. So, and, and Bob, Bob says this all the time, and I agree with Bob. You look at Glen Abbey and all the years that people dumped on Glen Abbey, and yet how many years did we get amazing finishes at Glen Abbey? So, mm -hmm. hey, it's, it's entertainment, and we got it. We certainly did. It was quite the entertaining finish. Eric Van Ruyen wins on the PGA Tour. It was certainly emotional as he spoke after the round about the significance behind what went down. There's bigger stuff in life than golf. Um, 
if you look at my ball, we've got, you know, there's a little music note. It's a little faded now, but there's a little music notes on there and, and initials JT, and it's for John Trasmar, our best friend. Who's got melanoma and he's not going to make it. Um, and every shot out there today was for him. And when you're playing for something bigger than winning some silly trophy, you know, uh, it, it puts things in perspective. And at the end of the day, whether I won here or whether I lost here, it really did not matter. It's quite the perspective from Eric Van Rien. And to Eagle, the way he did the finish was exceptional, to say the least. Bob, just how impressed were you by Eric Van Rien overall, both on and off the golf course there? You know, I think the story is uh, is something that we don't um, we don't probably know enough about some of these stories that happen off behind the scenes. This is a pretty severe one, but if you look through, I mean, there were great stories coming down the line. You had you had uh, Camilo Bajegas with the whole situation with his late daughter, and you had Matt Kuchar trying to make a comeback uh, win. And uh, I mean, there were there were some kind of neat personal stories, none more powerful than Eric Van Ruyen's for sure. And this is a guy, I think, who a lot of people have been waiting for a big moment. And maybe something like this where you're playing for something bigger or uh, more meaningful than just, as he says, a silly old trophy. Um, maybe that's the kind of thing that, that gets his, uh, uh, his juices going. And as you said, trying to make earlier, Adam, try and make the President's Cup team. And it was quite a quite a performance down the stretch, and quite a mustache too on Eric Van Rooy, and have to, have to commend him uh, on that. Okay, uh, Mackenzie Hughes, a close call for the Canadian T7 in the end. Mark, you were there with Mac throughout the day, Saturday and Sunday. What did you see from Mac? Well, Saturday, I mean, what a brilliant round of golf, and we know how hard it is to go super low back to back on the PGA Tour. It's just a tough thing to do because you start to replay the mind in your round, and you're trying to mimic what you did the day before. And golf's not like that. Golf's, you know, what? It's a cliche, but it truly is. You got to be in that moment, on that shot. When it's done, it's gone, and everything you've done before doesn't matter. Um, he got off to a decent start. It, it wasn't the start. Uh, There's a, a three putt at four kind of stalled the momentum a little bit, but he buried a, a bounce-back birdie at five from about 12 feet after a great wedge. And when he made the bounce back at five, that was his third birdie in his first five holes. And we're at 20 under, and I said to I said to uh, Heather, I said, uh, here we go. I think, uh, I think he's going to go here. Uh, and then was unable to, to keep it going, unable to take advantage of the par five, and he just kind of fell flat the entire day. And it was really the putter in the short game that let him down which is unusual for Mac, right? That putter to let him down. He could not get the lid off. He made a, he made, uh, he missed a large bucket of putts he would normally make. And, um, you know, it's funny when we talk about Vin Royan, uh, and, and everybody's going to point to the 28 and obviously they should like coming home in 28 to win a golf tournament special. However, the day before you want to talk about seven footers and things like that on Saturday, on Saturday, he made a large bucket of those seven-footers for par. You know those putts that you know either kill your day or, or keep it or keep you in a golf tournament. And I spoke to him after Saturday, and all he spoke about was patience because he got off that great start on the front nine. He was like, "I just got to stay patient. I just wanted, I didn't want to shoot myself out of this golf tournament." And then you know, all of a sudden, he wasn't. All of a sudden, he looked up and went, "Oh wow! All those par saves put me in the final group." And look what happened. So you just never know over 72 holes, right? Totally. And for Mackenzie Hughes now, moves up to 53rd uh, in the FedEx standings. Bob, for you now, there's a lot on the line 
for Mackenzie Hughes here. This finish puts him in a pretty good spot for the early portion of 2024, doesn't it? It's right. If he can stay inside the top 60, he gets the first two signature events. <clears throat> and he can do some damage in there. He can keep going. So it's a big step for him, obviously, after that heartbreak of uh, in Memphis of finishing 51st, one outside the line. i got to think he's pretty much locked in. There's only two more events to go. I'm not sure how many of the uh, players who are in that area will, will be there or can make a move, enough of a move. One interesting note is that uh, Mac Hughes parted ways with his old caddy, Jace Walker, and had Julian Trudeau, who used to caddy for Graham Dillette for many years, on the bag. And I gather that's going to be a, a little test for, for the next, whether he plays Bermuda or not, but he's locked in for RSM the last tournament of the year, which is Max going to play because it's close to his hometown where he lives now. Not his hometown, but where he lives now in uh, Charlotte. So um, maybe Julian can, uh, can guide him through and, uh, and get on to bigger and better things in the new year. And before we sign off and go to break here, we have to shout out Ludwig Oberg again. T10, now T14 or better, in seven consecutive worldwide starts. The world didn't know who this guy was before the RBC Canadian Open. Mark, did you see Ludwig at all in person? What are your thoughts on him? He looks bored. It's unbelievable. I mean, like, I, I'm trying to describe his energy, but he looks bored. It looks like he just expects to be in the top 15, top 10, have a chance to win. And he doesn't, he's not fist pumping. You know, he's not like, you know, giving it to the crowd. He's just going around making birdies, ho-hum, and here we go again. It's, it's, it is, it is, uh, for a guy who's brand new, it's kind of fun to watch how ho-hum this whole thing is to him right now. I wonder unders. if he gets in contention, guys, at a player's or a major or something like that, if we're going to see any reaction from this guy at all. He's certainly, he's so much fun to watch, and uh, he bombs it a long way. A mm -hmm. eight, an 8-under 64 for Ludwig Oberg to finish T10 at the Worldwide Technology Championship. When we come back, lots going on on social media across the world of golf, and we're going to have winners, weird and what, where I think we're going to hear all about a wonky golf cart, perhaps, that Mark was dealing with throughout the week. This is GTC. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Caddy Time, the Uber-like app that allows golfers across Canada to add affordable, qualified caddies to any round. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. Visit weathertech.ca. Welcome back inside GTC, Scully, Weeks, and Zacchino. It is that time. It is winners, weird, and what? This week, Mark, you have the tea. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. All right, my winner this week, guys, is I can't believe the amount of celebrity sightings. By the way, speaking of celebrity sightings, Bob Blocky says hello. Michael Block, I went over, I chatted with Michael Block. He was in the tournament this week. He goes, Mark, what are you doing here? I said, well, I'm doing PJ Tour Ray. Is Bob here? I said, no, Bob, Bob's at home. He said, say hi. I said, I will, chatted with him. Uh, and it was fun just to, uh, to just to say hi with him again after the two hours we spent with him at Glen Abbey earlier this year but tiger woods here justin timberlake here jack nicholas 
here. Michael Jordan here. I mean, you want to talk about celebrity sightings at a golf tournament that, you know, was on nobody's radar. Okay, this is like celebrities showing up at, uh, you know, the Barracuda Championship. Highly unlikely. Well, it happened uh, here at Cabo. And Adam, I don't know if you saw it. Did you see Nicholas under the lights on Wednesday bury the putt for the win? I did. There have been some great social media videos in the past of, of uh, Jack Nicholas making putts uh, on social media. And you forgot, I mean, Mark, you're a celebrity too. You were there. Oh, well, of course. Uh, yes, of course. The entire PGA Tour radio team. Who doesn't uh, recognize us everywhere we go, right? Um, okay, my weird this week, guys. Okay, when, you know, we get to a golf tournament, it, you know, typically in America or at our RBC Canadian Open, and, you know, you get everything's kind of, it's a bit of a well-oiled machine. Uh, in the sense that you know that these tournaments have been there a long time. It's the same volunteer staff. It's the same tournament committee. You get your golf cart. You get this. You get that. Well, it's a little more rough around the edges down here in Mexico. And this golf course, let's just say, doesn't have a lot of cart paths. It's got a lot of sand dunes. So at the beginning of the week, I get handed the keys to what I would describe not as a golf cart, but as a dune buggy for the week. <laughs> I, and then, and then I look at Heather. I go, "Good luck with the dune buggy." And I hit the keys to her. This thing is going faster than any golf cart I've ever been in my life. It is flying, and it is spinning and skidding and gliding. Long Sands Dunes Bob, it was a death machine. I broadcast four days in a death machine, and I think Mrs. Golf Talk Canada is going to need a couple of cocktails this week, maybe a few margaritas on a Monday to recoup from this entire thing. Wow, wow. Oh, Bob, wow. is he down? Bob's down. Okay. <laughs> I, think, okay. I thought he was just stunned by my... Uh, by, by, by <laughs> oh, he's back. Okay. Are you back, Bob? I'm this back. thing. Have you ever driven a dune buggy or seen one live in your eyes? I've never driven a dune buggy. I've seen them, obviously. Never on a golf course. Usually, I see them on. Well, shockingly enough, on sand dunes. You know, it's yes. Uh, well, let me tell you where we see it, Bob. They look like fun for guys like us. They are not fun. They are for twenty-five-year-olds. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> they are not fun. And by what? How do you make an eight? On any hole at El Cardinal Diamante. Matt Kuchar had this golf tournament by the throat on Saturday. He was moving towards a 30 under par number on or better by the time we wrapped up the week. And on a golf hole with no penalty areas, with a 100-yard wide fairway, with no bunker around the green complex, he made a quad on Saturday and brought every other human being back into this golf tournament. And at the end of the day, it was Vin Royan that took advantage of it. But wow, what a brutal eight for Cooch. All right, that does it for me, guys. Bob, tea is yours, sir. So, so what do I do? Just aim for the pond? No, you're not supposed to hit it into the water. But you hit it into the water. I know I hit it into the water. Well, why do they even have water if you're not supposed to hit it there? Because it's fun. We're having fun. Look, it went further than your ball. All right, uh, well, I'm going to go back to uh, Diamante and uh, bring up a stat that I noticed that popped up here. Mark, you've made mention of the golf course and how wide the fairways were and how little wind there was. Well, the guy who took most advantage of that was Adam Long. He went 56 for 56 in fairways hit. He did not miss a fairway for the entire week. 
Take a guess. I'll give it both you guys a shot. Take a guess as to when the last time there was a PGA Tour event where a player did not miss a fairway. I, I don't think I was alive the last time it happened, put it that way. <laughs> okay, I was going to say, my instinct was to go back and say something like Jim Dent or Radar Mike Reed. But I'm going to say, I'm going to take a guess and say Bob and I were there in June at the U.S. Open. Not quite. Not okay. quite. There. <laughs> but 1992, Brian Clark said it. And uh, I didn't write down the name of the event, but that's how long it's been since somebody went perfect 56 for 56 and that takes something bob i get i'm gonna tell you this you'll appreciate this because we walked the golf course several times el cardinal makes la country club look like hilton head okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right well my uh, my weird this week um takes us believe it or not guys to the 401 yes oh. 401 highway the largest highway in Canada, going through the heart of Toronto. And uh, this week, uh, well, actually a couple weeks ago, police stopped a guy because they were informed that somebody was seen golfing on the side of the highway in Toronto. <laughs> at 5.18 on Tuesday, Ontario Provincial Police said officers were called to Highway 401 at Allen Road for reports that a male was golfing on the side of the highway. Anyway, officers uh, made an arrest, and obviously, no surprise, um, there was some impairment involved. We don't like to make fun of that. We don't like to have any, nobody should be drinking and driving. This guy wasn't driving. He was golfing along the side of the 401. And, um, you know, I was trying to think of, is there a golf course that's even really close to the 401? I guess Don Valley might be going right over What's the top a guy of it. from Florida doing in Toronto this time? Of year? Yeah, that's right. Florida, man. We're not <laughs> quite sure. <laughs> anyway, and then uh, my what this week is, what do you think? I mean, Mark, you travel a lot and, and, and we both traveled a lot over the years. And you're right now in the heart of your travel and over a course of a year. I don't know if you've ever written down how many miles you travel. But Justin Thomas did that. He's notorious for putting together his goals, a list of goals, writing them down, sharing them. So this year he wrote down how much he traveled. And it was just over 40,000 miles. Now, for him, of course, most of that is probably in a private yeah. jet. But that's almost two times around the world. That's the circumference of the world, oh which God. is pretty remarkable. I will say that the LPGA just makes that look small the lpga <laughs> tour if you played every event and flew to every event it would be eighty-four thousand miles adam wow <laughs> you're what? a big guy so you get into those small seats and uh you know you'd be tight in there i mean can you imagine flying eighty-four thousand miles in a year that's maybe why nobody plays the full lpga tour calendar no kidding that's crazy to think that it's that many miles and if i flew that many miles i mean i think i'm sore right now i wouldn't be able to walk at all period <laughs> all right well now adam the t is yours 348 <laughs> oh man that is sweet couple of things before I go to my three dub. First of all, Matt Kuchar, I have respect for that quad. I have missed fairways that are 100 yards wide. No problem. <laughs> Happens all the time. Adam Long, 56 fairways last week. I didn't hit 56 fairways all season, so uh, congratulations. <laughs> 
to Adam Long uh, on that great long accomplishment. Okay, my winner this week goes to a young Canadian who accomplished quite the feat over the weekend. Canadian Bridget Wilkie winning the Elite Invitational held in South Carolina known as one of the majors of junior golf. She had rounds of 70, 65, 70, birdie on a playoff hole to get the W. Now, last month, she won the South Carolina State title and bridge. Uh, she's committed to play golf at Notre Dame. So it's quite the accomplishment for Bridget Wilkie. Uh, her older sister, Olivia, is at the University of Richmond golfing as well. I know their family very well. They've been members of Bayview Golf and Country Club. They uprooted their family to move to South Carolina, all in hopes of helping their kids achieve their dreams. So bravo, Sean, Kath, all the Wilkie family. Uh, Bob, something as well that you'd like, uh, Vanessa Borovalos, who you played some golf with uh, during the fall portion of the calendar from Toronto, finished in solo third at six under par. So all in all, a great week. The future is bright for golf in Canada. Okay, my weird this week. We mentioned the TGL earlier in the show and throughout last week we saw announcements of when some team uh, teams were made where teams were going Colin Morikawa got the call that he was going to uh, the Los Angeles Golf Club team and that call was recorded and here's Morikawa's response to being named to the squad random i know but i i know you've got a strong connection to los angeles and i thought you would be an amazing first member of our team would you like to join the la golf club absolutely i'm in i just got chills through my body i probably i don't think i've ever answered a call like this i mean i got my Ryder cup call this year but this is this almost i think this tops it almost yeah almost we're, we're gonna we're gonna make some history i'd love to be a part of the team thank you uh was almost as significant as your Ryder Cup call, Mark? Maybe, Pardon? maybe that is why this team went to Rome and got smoked and, and laid an egg because of, of where's my check, I'm not wearing a hat, and let's go play for L.A. Country Club. I mean, give me a break. Bob, talk about eye-rolling here. <laughs> this is one of the weirdest things ever, right? That's a uh, that's a big emphasis on the almost. I would have to say <laughs> he says almost as he was getting the Ryder Cup call. <laughs> that that was that was bizarre. Okay, my what before we go to break? Halloween has come and gone, and we saw some great costumes from the people in the golf world. And Adam Hadwin and their family. Let's just say they won Halloween. Now Hadwin's wife Jessica was wearing the same outfit. Adam Hadwin himself was when he got absolutely wallpapered on the green at Oakdale. And their, um, their child was there too, uh, dressed as Nick Taylor. Adam Hadwin was the security guard in this photo. This was posted on our Golf Talk Canada social channels. And the reaction it got was simply awesome. Bob, when you saw the photo initially, what'd you think? You know, the only thing they have, they have this giant dog called Bev. I don't know if you've ever seen that on their social media. It's a big, huge, ma massive dog. And I thought, wouldn't it have been cool if they dressed uh, Bev up as David Markle, uh, Nick Taylor's <laughs> caddy? <laughs> Hopefully he's listening to this because the Hadwin family, they sure won Halloween. Uh, Mark, did you dress up for Halloween this year? Uh, no, we were down here. I was working, unfortunately, but uh, there was no dress up. But I, uh, okay. what's that line when you don't dress up? I, I went as a serial killer. We look like everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> 
I have absolutely no place to segue from that. So, okay, when we come back here on GTC, we'll wrap up the show. We'll preview Brooke Henderson, who's back in action this week on the LPGA Tour. And something fun Mark is doing later this week with our good friend Ralph Bauer. All that more when we come back on GTC. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach, home to 80 great courses, 60 miles of sandy shores, endless dining and entertainment. Visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com to start planning your golf trip today. Well, now that golf season is wrapping up here in the GTA, Myrtle Beach, that'd be a great destination to head at some point here very, very soon time for some leaderboard updates leaderboard updates brought to you by bushnell golf the number one range finder in the world of golf check out bushnellgolf.com for much more on all of their great products uh money money wins the toto japan classic on the lpga tour a one-shot victory on the pga tour of course eric van ruyen a two-shot victory over camilo vijegas and matt kuchar some veterans coming up just short mackenzie hughes top canadian at t7 taylor pendrith a good showing as well after struggling in round one still finished t15 his uh, th final three rounds were 66, 67, 65. And kudos again to Canadian Elena Sharp. Bronze medal finish at the Pan Am Games. As for the LPGA Tour, two weeks left in their official calendar. And that means that Brooke Henderson is back in action this week. Now, given the finish that Brooke Henderson had, given the ball striking numbers were a lot better including 18 greens and regulation during her second round bob what's your level of optimism here for brooke henderson for this last final stretch well we'll see i think uh i think she's uh liking the new irons that she's got into the bag obviously the i think mark was the one who pointed out how much of her accuracy had improved in that last event that we saw her out there so i think there's some some positive signs it's been a long year for her i think uh I think she's, I, I've kind of noticed she's taken more time away, not just not playing golf, but uh, or not being on the LPGA Tour, but away from golf as a whole. So uh, maybe that's, that's something that we're going to see a little bit more of, and maybe less is good in this case. So we'll see. But she's, uh, I'm sure she's got her eyes focused on these next two stops. And overall for this season for Brooke, she has the win. So it's been successful. But just two other top tens other than that victory. Mark, in your mind, what does Brooke have to do in the next two weeks to really make this season a great success? Uh, it's going to be hard to make it a great season uh, because she's a victim of her own success. The bar's just so high for her, and, and that's a compliment. Uh, so it would be hard to, regardless of what she really does the rest of the way, it'd be hard to make it you know, a year that she would consider in, in, in her career year type of conversation. We need majors now, I think, for Brooke for that, and or three win seasons, four win seasons, things of that nature. I think this year it's just been really hard for her to put everything together in four days. If you look at the first half of her, of her year, minus the early win, you look at these great putting numbers, and we're always worried about her putter, putter you know, and we saw all these great putting numbers, and then the ball striking fell off the map. And then lately, the, you know, the, the ball strikings come back and the accuracies come back and we're seeing 32 putts around again. 
So can we line these elements up together in a four-day stretch? And that's why it's so hard to win on these tours. We'll be tracking Brooke for the next couple of weeks on the LPGA Tour. Two more events on the PGA Tour, too. And, of course, the Hero World Challenge. Later this month, will Tiger Woods play? Will he not? That's something we're going to be keeping a very close eye on. Have to give a shout-out to our friends from Cabot, Cape Breton, for collabing with us on our post that came out on Friday, my interview with Director of Golf, Ted Stonehouse. If you haven't seen it yet, check out our YouTube channel where you can learn all about what's happened at Cabot, Cape Breton so far, how it's come as far as it has already, and what is next, because they have some exciting projects down the line now mark later this week you're doing a fun event with our good friend and swing coach overall pga tour coach ralph bauer tell us a little about it yeah our friends at foresight uh reached out and said hey we're doing this thing with ralph uh you know just a kind of in, intense chat on you know what he has learned in his travels on the pga tour about putting what great putters do the technology now behind this the technology that he uses from foresight which is the only technology i use uh when i'm practicing or trying to get better at something pick a driver pick a shaft well ralph's using that now as well in the short game and of course his his green reading app so there's a lot to get into it's a deep dive uh, it's going to be uh, high-level stuff because Ralph knows his stuff inside out, and this is an open forum where he can get as techy and deep as he wants. So this this should be very interesting, and it's amazing. Every week, guys, you know, I know you guys follow Ralph on social media just like I do. It's amazing to me each week the new names popping up and the people finding success with his with his green reading app. Like every week, is like that guy's using it. That guy's using it. It's it's ridiculous. I think we're over 60, 70 players now on major tours who have won a ridiculous amount of dough. And that's coming, Mark, Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern. Friday that at 6 p.m. Go to Foresight Canada, Foresight Canada Sports, if you're interested in uh, registering and logging in. Okay, I love it. And it looks like golf season is potentially wrapped up here in the GTA. Bob, do you have any more rounds left in the chamber? The, uh, the, I, I took my uh, power caddy, my motorsport caddy, back out of the pro shop. It's in the basement. My clubs are still there because we have an indoor facility, but uh, no, I'm done. I'm done outdoor okay. golfing. I think I am too. Uh, really enjoyed uh, throughout the season. Uh, had lots of great memories, lots of great laughs, and I'm looking forward to doing some travels with both of you where we'll have to get team our, our team matches going, whether it's Team Recoil against Team Weeksino. We've only won three of 4,884 matches. Let's see if we can get back on the right foot. We'll have our PGA Tour picks. That's coming Wednesday on tsn.ca, and we are back next Monday right here on TSN 1050. Stay tuned to our social media channels as well our year in review specials both radio and television coming up around the holiday season of course as well as our festivus special gents thanks for your time today mark safe travels throughout the day my friend thanks boys have a great week thanks so much for joining us this morning and remember the first good decision for the golf course always starts in the closet this segment of gtc presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by play golf myrtle beach the golf capital of the world Thank you for listening to Hour 1 of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network.